next scary movie. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Welcome to the Jumping Scared Podcast. My name's Alex, and I'm joined, as always, by my twin brother, Eric. We are here back again, kind of a similar themed style we've been going with. Uh, as of late, we were doing another reviews, ratings, and recommendations on a recent horror movie, uh, well, a couple horror movies. Uh, Eric, are you excited to get into this today? I don't know if excited is the right word. The, it's a weird mix of movies we had watched, um, but heck, I'm excited for the podcast, maybe just not the content on it. Yeah, and so when I say recent, these are truly recent. We're gonna, uh, we have watched three 2019 horror movies uh, for this episode. I've watched all three, Eric has watched just two of them, so the last one I'm just going to kind of give him my overall thoughts and opinions, kind of the same way we normally give you viewers, but it's going to be pretty face level. So in case, you know... You know, don't want to spoil it for him in case he wants to watch it. So our main feature of the day is going to be 2019's Crawl, which we actually just came home from the theater from. This is from director Alexandre Aja, um, who's a, a Hispanic director. Um, he's got a pretty a couple big names, uh, big name films to his uh, directorial filmography. He's got uh, uh, Piranha 3D, The Hills Have Eyes, High Tension. Um, so definitely a big name. A relatively big name in the horror uh, genre and this was a uh, fun little creature feature from him that got hyped quite a bit we talked about this a few weeks ago i saw trailers for this everywhere and one more note on alexandre aha he also was a producer on maniac which was kind of an under the radar movie it starred elijah wood but it's so different from like most of his other movies i just thought it was worth noting because it's certainly horrific and in a much more like mood and atmospheric way than like a piranha or a uh, crawl would be. So I just okay. thought we, I'd give that note that he's got a little bit of diversity in his repertoire as well. Yeah, and in case you haven't seen Crawl, um, the very basic idea, I'll give you the overall synopsis um, from IMDb here. A young woman, while attempting to save her father during a Category 5 hurricane, finds herself trapped in a flooding house and must fight for her life against alligators. So this is a creature feature, a shark-type movie, but instead of a shark, we have uh, this flooded uh flooded flooded florida landscape filled with uh, really hungry aggressive alligators so a bit of a i think a twist on the normal kind of crocodile alligator usually you, movie usually just have like one terrorizing it like there's the um i'm blanking on the title now but the, something lake uh yeah you got it oh man uh oh i super know it's it it's lake placid okay lake placid there it is yeah you you it's like terrorizing that's kind of more of the similar shark where you have this one main antagonist uh you see it in the shallows you see it in jaws you see it in a bunch of different movies but this is more like a piranhas where there's multiple adversaries multiple aggressive things you're fighting against and um yeah so i think we'll just kind of get right into it talk about our maybe some notions we had going in and then just our overall thoughts and feelings about it because i don't think we have to really break it down overall by the plot but we'll just kind of talk about it in general no because i feel like if we actually did try to break it down by the plot it would just be like it would be the same thing over and over again just yeah. because the movie kind of is one of those movies that we talked about this like right after watching it that you have like stage one beat it stage two beat it stage three and it's just like upping the game a little bit more um but that doesn't make it not fun uh definitely a movie you can go to and enjoy even if it's a little bit silly and uh i think that's important is to have fun with movies not necessarily everything has to be super serious and super uh 
incredibly well done new idea breaking through a new horizon sometimes you can just have fun um something i like that with this movie is i think a lot of times in the type of this type of movie this kind of creature feature you don't get a super compelling backstory or about the main characters like i feel like a lot of times i don't end up identifying with them that strongly just because i feel like their characters aren't fleshed out very much uh, one thing i did like from crawl i think over the course of the movie the relationship between our main character um who let me just double check her name <laughs> Haley and her father dave i think it did develop pretty well like i actually kind of enjoyed the dynamic they established and then forged and as it changes in this super stressful environment i thought it was a, i think their relationship was one of the more interesting parts of the movie for me yeah i well i don't know if i would say go that far that it was the most interesting thing but it wasn't like a hindrance okay i mean it, it definitely it, to me it's kind of like the cookie cutter way to establish a backstory is to give people this familial uncomfortableness between each other and let that slowly play out and you get resolved through tragedy together i kind of like that i mean you see it in like a, a 1408 or a, not a 1408 you see it in a uh, other luke wilson movie a vacancy you see it i, I just kind of like this um uh, the strangers where you have these two people or maybe more people who are they have problems but this kind of really stressful and uh situation really brings them back and they kind of realize why they had a good foundation I, which i kind of like i like that you know coming together in the face of adversity so that's something i just kind of like with horror movies in this you, you understand what a cookie cutter is right it's not it's, but it's not like i mean there's not that many movies i'm saying i enjoy it when it happens but i don't think it happens that often i think you're trying to give a bad name to cookie cutters when in fact cookie cutters give you a reasonably shaped cookie every single time and that is oftentimes something you need so i don't you, you're talking you're talking about cookie cutters do you even own a cookie cutter um, I mean, I don't make cookies, so it'd be like, do you, it's like you're saying, I don't know, do you own, uh, I don't make cookies and I own a cookie cutter. I don't own a saddle because I don't own a, own a horse. Okay. But th that's very much beside the point. We're, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're going with the saddle. Anyway, I'm just saying this is something that is used quite often, especially in horror movies. But I think it's done opinion. well. I, and I agree. I think it's done well, but I don't think it's something to note specifically okay, about the movie. Fair enough. Yeah, this is so. But anyway, uh, but as Alex mentioned, that's basically our cast. We have the daughter, Haley, her father, and then uh, kind of the MVP of the film uh, was uh, Sugar, yeah. their little little black Yorkie, maybe? Yeah, I'm not positive on the type of dog. Um, the, the, the name actress, female dog, is CSO-CSO. I don't even know how you'd pronounce that. So-so. So-so. Um, yeah, but she. I think she did a great job. Very... Uh, you know very tense scene anytime she could have possibly been in danger you know this is a i think for a lot of people like i think you you would identify with a dog more with the people like mm -hmm. a lot of people i know really have trouble like with dog of the movies that have like violence or dogs or if the dog dies like i know there's even a website called like does the dog die.com and you can type in a movie name without getting any spoilers and don't pretty much just say like yes or no yeah and uh, she, she knew exactly what kind of situation she was in she knew when to whine she knew when to bark and honestly she yeah she did a good job she, she was strong um yeah so this movie really is a tense kind of just these two people coming against the alligators um a lot of really well done in my opinion jump scares um it didn't rely just on huge music uh definitely scenes that were like still and calm all of a sudden really just kind of throw in your face but it was like realistic things that could happen like this is something in this situation that i think plausibly could happen like the jump scares they were doing made sense to me and they got me a couple of times i definitely you know jerked in my seat and jerked in my seat a little bit uh 
and you know kind of paying homage to our name i feel like we don't talk about jump scares enough and i think this movie uh, this movie did them well because some movies do not do them well they're cheap um i don't think these ones were cheap i actually quite liked these jump scares and i think uh made it definitely you know part of the fun theater experience we got yeah i actually agree i got got out of my seat a little bit i think once or twice and i always applaud a movie that can do that without me being like eh, this is this is that was unfair that was cheap so uh one thing i think we have to note this movie movies like this you're always gonna have an issue with consistency in the logic on how things work unfortunately this one did not break the mold there were a lot of so the the nice thing about this movie is that it's not using one big alligator like alex mentioned it's just using the natural habitat and drawing in however many they wanted to so we know that these are i mean normal in quotation marks alligators are obviously going to be more aggressive played up for the movie but we know that they're not like these uh, raid, raid, radioactive infused supercharged lizards. It's just just alligators. But I don't know that much about alligators and how they hunt. This movie tries to tell us that they can only hunt if you're splashing around. Yeah, the dad seemed like he was like an expert on alligator hunting technique. Like he's like they only they they hunt by the splashes. So if you're calm, they won't be able to see you. But then earlier he's like, oh, they see you in the dark. They, and it's like okay, okay, and yeah, I think that was a little bit. A little hard to kind of get and also the inconsistency with the level of injury and how people were able to deal with it you know there was definitely lots of alligator bites in this movie and some really gruesome injuries some i think really good body horror you saw a lot of like bone splintering you saw a lot of really deep gashes and a lot of stuff that would i think just completely you know let leave you immobile i don't think you'd be able to even with adrenaline i think after a couple of steps you're just done you know you're losing like you know ligament function tendon function uh but at times, like, essentially they could turn it on, like, all right, full force. I'm, I'm, I'm a normal person again. I'm just using my body like it was, you know, like I'm a fresh, fresh, uh, fresh off a five-day rest and comfortable and ready. Yeah, to me, it was kind of like, uh, do you remember as kids, like, when we would play Army Dodgeball, where if you get hit in a body part, you have to, like, put it behind your back or hop on one foot. But obviously, as kids, that, like, you eventually are like, oh, I'm going to use my left arm really quick. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Like, you're not supposed like to be using it, but in reality, uh, this person is swimming faster than these gators with a yeah. mangled shoulder. Yeah, it's almost like the actor has makeup on, and then they, like, they, they, they forget about it, and then they look down at their arm and like oh oh yeah and then they start limping again or something you know it's like okay but uh that was definitely a little bit hard to get around the kind of the same ideas the inconsistency with the alligators hunting um yeah this is uh, this is a movie overall that i think held the tension pretty well throughout i think just the idea of i mean this is a flooding kind of flooding house urban housing you know area I'm, I'm i'm struggling with a couple of normal words but uh like essentially a, a subdivision that is being flooded and so there's kind of a constant level of water so there's a constant level of unknown and i think for sure with um these types of like either sharks or alligators movies the unknown is is creepier than when you see something coming at you because like if you're just moving through water and it's deep enough where you can't see something by you that's so creepy and, yeah, yeah i completely agree uh, that's that's the best part about it. You're in such a familiar spot, like the house you grew up in, and then you've got yeah two feet of uncertainty now. Just moving around as you're questioning what, what are you stepping on, how close are you to a threat. One weird thing that I am absolutely shocked this movie did not take advantage of. Did we see a gator on land once? Mm, it's in the beginning, before the basement was flooded. 
That was before the crawl space was flooded. There was no water there. Oh, you're right. Okay. I think that's the only time, though. I, w- I thought about that, too, because, like, once she gets out of the water and gets onto the shore to safety and the alligator, like, snaps once, but then just, like, slinks back into the water. Cool, yeah. Once we got to that point, I'm like, this is, like, uh, you're just using these alligators as sharks. Yeah, <laughs> more <laughs> or less. They, they are pretty pretty good at, on the land, too. And like, I, I don't know. They made it so the land was kind of a safe spot, so... It kind of separated in your mind, like the action scenes versus the okay, moving on to the next scene. Which I don't know, could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I was just surprised that they never had. Like, how cool would it have been to if like they got to the staircase and there was just an alligator chilling at the top of the landing right. or something? Right. Yeah. I know. I agree. I think it, it definitely. At the same point, like in these other types of movies, in the shark movies, you usually have some beacon of safety. You have, you know, the Shallows has the buoy. Uh, Jaws has their small fishing boat. Uh, so th- this is kind of like a small bastion of light in this, you know, in this darkness of the hurricane. So I, I-, I kind of see at least, you know, the land being a little small piece. And as it's kind of cool throughout the movie, their they're small piece of freedom, their small piece of hope is constantly shrinking, which is also, I think, emblematic of the situation really reflects the tension. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one thing to note that we both uh, enjoyed quite a bit, got a kick of during the movie, um, and was how. So ba- the backstory for the girl and her dad was the dad had pushed her to become like a competitive swimmer because she was a good swimmer from a young age. She now swims for Florida University's competitive team. Uh, travel spot is in question. That kind of sets her up for like, oh, my dad pushed me too hard, but not too hard enough. So we're fighting. But anyway, uh, so she was a really good swimmer, which led for some interesting scenes. And her father, since she was a young child, referred to her as the apex predator. And we got to uh, we got to find out if she truly was going to be the apex predator in these uh, combat scenes with the gators. And turns out, uh, gators are lower on the totem pole <laughs> than nineteen-year-old girls. So sometimes, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think apex predator should probably become part of our vernacular in the near future. I think it will. Um, it's just a good, uh, very braggadocious, funny thing to say. Uh, another thing I want to touch on, something I think this movie didn't do enough, and I think a lot of movies that, that have this going for them don't do enough, is playing to the audience's ability to know things without the characters, like having either background movement or like different shots where you see something happening, but the you know, the kind of characters don't. We really did not get very much at all of that. And that's so easy to do in this type of movie. You know, like if they're moving through this water system and just, if you do like an aerial shot and you see like a gator just kind of swimming right next to him, I think that, like I, I'm thinking of um, the scene from Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid where, or no, actually it's the original. The original. No, it's the second one. Yeah, and so there's like the group wading through the river, and there's literally a, just an, a huge anaconda snaking through them, and they have no idea. Like, that's just super cool and uh, really adds attention without needing for the characters to have a reaction. So I kind of like that, and I, I would have liked to see a bit more of it. That's maybe just a personal preference thing, but yeah, I definitely was expecting a bit more of that and didn't really get it. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. I also think when they tried to get us pretty quickly into the thick of it. Um, like we were introduced to already a threatening situation, I'd say within 10, 15 minutes of the movie starting. Yeah. Um, whereas Anaconda does for some reason tries to go, I don't know. Well, no, but they, they've got the kills off cam too. So yeah, you're okay. I see what you're <laughs> saying. I mean, yeah, we're talking and we're trying to compare this to literally literal greatness in Anaconda's. So <laughs> there's a, there's levels to it. Yeah. All right, Eric. Um, 
I don't know about you. I'm almost feeling a bit ready to try to give a rating, a written recommendation. We've already done a review. I think we did a pretty good job of staying relatively spoiler free. Uh, this is the not really. This is the type of movie where spoilers aren't gonna really make or break it. You know, it's it's essentially like a survival action horror kind of flick. Yeah, you know the type. Um, so spoilers aren't gonna be super critical. So I think just what we've said so far. Um, if you are into creature features or into monster flicks, into these survival type movies, you're gonna probably enjoy this. Uh, for me, these aren't my. This isn't my favorite subgenre of horror. It's one I enjoy, um, uh, you know, seeing from time to time. So I think I'd give this movie probably like a high six. I'm thinking like a six point eight, something around there. And I'd say wouldn't recommend in theaters if you're not really into them. But if you're into this type of movie, I'd say you're gonna have a good time in theaters and you should check it out. And I will. Um, I am in that box of people Alex said who really likes the creature features, and I'm all about movies like this. I think I ended up probably around a 6.5, and just to give you kind of an idea of where I'm coming from with that, I would put it on the same level as 47 Meters Down. Um, it actually had quite a few similarities to that movie, uh, in my opinion. Um, so if you enjoyed something like that, or anything along those lines, you'll certainly enjoy this. And I think uh, if you're into those movies, theater recommendation, overall I'd say you'd be okay to catch this one when it comes out if you want to. But if you don't want to, even though I enjoyed it, you're probably not going to miss a ton. I mean, it's 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 one of those movies that you're not going to go back and rewatch, most likely. But yeah. uh, not too much substance, but it is certainly a fun movie. So yeah, with this said, I guess can, before we move on, can we just touch on... Do you understand now that you've seen the movie, the love this is getting, especially critically? I, I think it's a <laughs> bit surprising to me. I mean, this did feel like a pretty... I think it was a well done, but a pretty standard creature feature. It didn't really jump out to me as being amazing i said like i said i liked the developing relationship between the father daughter but i really don't think this movie was crazy special i, I think like i said 6.8 pretty solid but i mean nothing really to write home about yeah that also surprises me too we we ended up probably only seeing it because it had gotten um like 85 percent approval on rotten tomatoes from critical yeah he's, he's pulling it up it's, it's currently at 84 percent critical 77 percent audience score so i mean 77 we, we i gave it a 6.8 eric a 6.5 we're a bit below that but just that critical score for a horror movie just really i mean didn't you say it was above uh midsummer, midsummer it the, still uh, is above midsummer which midsummer could be more polarizing but this one i just would not expect critics to really uh <laughs> well to be fair i gave it we both i gave this a higher rating than midsummer you're pretty close yeah i'm not saying midsummer is amazing but it just i don't know it's surprising that crawl really i guess it's more surprising that crawl is as high as it is okay you know what barry hertz has a kind of good review he says crawl is not exactly an inventive film but it doesn't have to be it delivers on what it promises and not many big studio movies this year can claim the same honestly i think that move that sums it up pretty well yeah why, why I, people I think, why I think people are enjoying yeah, it. like i said i think it's a well-done genre movie of this type it's nothing amazingly it's not gonna you know, really change your perception of this kind of genre, but it's a good example of the genre, I would say. And moving on to a movie that I feel like is not as good an example of whatever niche genre it is trying to be in is a 2019 German language film, Haga Zusa. Semicolon, a heathen's tale. <laughs> um, yeah, this is one I'll, I just want to say up front that I was pretty excited about. I kind of read a very small amount of it, and it's been getting a lot of a lot of love, especially kind of critically. It's definitely gotten a lot of hype. It's gotten a lot of uh, you know comparisons to some really good slow burn kind of classic horror movies. A lot of like witch, rel um, witch kind of talk. The witch 
And very brief synopsis, paranoia and suspension in 15th century Europe. Um, yeah, so it's essentially following a woman living in 15th century Europe, um, starts with her childhood, and then about 10 minutes into the film, jumps there as an adult, and there's some kind of weird, witchy, crafty kind of things going on without getting into spoilers. But honestly, the plot here is not what is <laughs> selling this movie. This is a very, very, very much a cinematographical and atmospheric, atmospheric yeah. experience. If you are really into that, which a subset of people, like a very small subset of people, really, really value, you might really like this film because it's shot wonderfully. I think it looks amazing. The set design is really, really good. But honestly, that's like outside of that, outside of the visuals and the atmosphere, almost nothing going for it for me. Yeah, this is why I am so hesitant to recommend any random film from this genre is because you'll get some really really good ones you'll get movies like the witch you'll get movies like it comes at night but then you'll get some bad ones like you'll get the pretty thing that lives in the house you'll get the eyes of my mother you'll get uh, neon demon and you'll get hagazusa you just never know exactly what you're gonna get and even though I, I, it's just not for me looking at something that looks nice is I, and I respect the talent that it takes to do something like that but when I'm sitting down to watch a movie for anywhere between 80 and 100 minutes I want there to be something that I can resonate with besides just looking cool I mean I can watch planet earth if I want to <laughs> that looks pretty cool too but if I'm watching a horror movie I need I need that deeper connection either from character development or from plot i d i just need a little bit more and this this movie certainly for me did not provide any of that yeah so this is kind of funny um me and eric were watching this together and we were also then chatting with it with our uh, brother jason shout out to the um favorite or good horror movie scenes podcast from earlier in our podcasting days uh jason was also watching it and he didn't realize that there were subtitles available until about 20 minutes in and me and Eric sent a message to him like, honestly, you didn't miss anything. There was so little dialogue and so little relevant dialogue that almost like nothing, it just is like so little happens in this movie. Like, it's just, I don't know. It was, it was kind of a frustrating experience because it looked so nice, but then it was just like so boring. It was hard to stay focused on it. And uh, I, I have a hard time calling a movie that I think was made as well as it was in, in the in the senses I've discussed, like calling it bad. But this is not a movie I would recommend unless you are one of probably the half percent of people or even under who just, you know, really, really value that as those aspects the cinematography, the atmosphere and, and so on. Like you just really have to be a specific person, I think, to really fall in love with this movie. <laughs> and honestly, if you are that kind of person, just go ahead and watch it without the subtitles. We will let you know the only subtitle worth seeing is a bird squawks in the distance, <laughs> which is now going to become part of both of our vernaculars. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just... <laughs> it's just really really not there and it's it's frustrating because it it did the hard work of like looking great the easy part the easier part is having a compelling story to go along with it yeah i don't know so i have a, I'm, I'm actually not even going to give this a numerical rating because i i think it would be hard to separate oh i'll do it okay well i'm but i was going to say like i said earlier i do not recommend seeing you're not gonna be able to find this in theaters most likely but i wouldn't even recommend streaming or buying or anything here it is on amazon prime that's how we watched it but 
unless you're just super bored for a new horror movie and love like visuals, then you could stream it. But I, I just don't recommend it. Okay. And just so to give some perspective on the rating I'm about to give Hagazusa, I'm pretty sure the lowest rated movie I gave in like the last couple of years, I gave a one to uh, Rings and... Oh no, I gave a zero to Excess Flash. <laughs> um, so I will give Hagazusa a... 2.5. I was going to give it, pro- I guess, okay, I, I won't be a sucker. I'll just give one. I was going to give it like a 3.8, honestly. So very bad ratings from us. Worst agreed upon rating for sure of any movie we talked about on the pod, I think. Yeah, we try to stay away from movies that are Although, like worse than some, that. Some of the ratings we were giving ABCs of death makes me question how low this should be. Because you, you were giving <laughs> well, a lot of... Is that relative to, to ABCs of death? Because a lot of those you were giving like six, seven, five. Well, some, no, some of those were a six. Like the uh, the surfboard one. That was yeah, good. Yeah, I liked that I one. liked the dog fight. I gave that an eight. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you, that's what I'm talking about. If you give that an eight and then this a 2.5, it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. That's why I was kind of saying it's hard for me to really give a numerical rating here. But, but dog, dog fight was shot so well. Do you remember the scenes where the dog got punched in the grill? <laughs> I do. I remember him punching the guy back in the grill. Oh, man. I don't want to get back onto ABCs. Okay, so for the last one, this is a movie that I watched from 2019 that Eric has not. Um, I have a growing list of things I mean to check out on a Google sheet. So this is one of the ones I just checked off my list because it sounded pretty cool. It's got a, it's got a very fun premise. Uh, I'll kind of read you the overall bits. It's called Body at Brighton Rock. Sorry, Body at Brighton Rock from 2019. Uh, this is coming from director Roxanne Benjamin, who was a producer on VHS and VHS2. Um, this is starring Karina Fontes as Wendy and then... She's kind of the main character here, so I'm not going to bother with the rest. The very general synopsis is a park ranger spends the night guarding a potential crime scene on a remote mountain trail. So this has a kind of fun setup. You're essentially uh, set up with these college-age students who are working at a park, like a really big kind of state park for a summer job. So our main character, who is in a bit over her head, she goes hiking to put trail signs up and put signs up along the hiking route. And she's just completely set up as being incompetent and uh, just really not knowing (laughs) what she's actually supposed to be doing here. So really incompetent person hiking through the woods. And she eventually stumbles upon a dead body and radios in. She had lost her trail map and was like miles and miles off course. And so she radios in and they're like, oh, well, you got to you got to guard the crime scene until first responders can come. So she is then set to guard this crime scene overnight and... Yeah, that's kind of the general idea of the movie. So I think it sounds pretty fun. It's this really inexperienced person guarding this crime scene overnight in the woods, in the dark, by herself. Um, it was kind of t- tough with me because the vibe changed a lot in this movie. Um, it was, I don't know, it was just hard to really say without getting into too many spoilers, but it didn't really have a consistent feeling. Um, one interesting thing I meant to look up, but I didn't... This, have you, have you? Are you familiar with... I think it may have been a Reddit post, but... Somebody had posted a picture online from them hiking, like they posed, mm-hmm. and somebody said, like, hey, what's that in the background? And there was actually a person who had died earlier, like, that day hike, yes. hiking. Yes, that's um, a crazy story. So this is almost, almost that exact sequence happens in this movie, and that's how she finds the dead body, is she took a picture of herself to send to her friend, like, oh, look how good I did hiking. And the girl's like, hey, what's that behind you? And she looks down, and there's a dead body. So I thought that was kind of cool, and I meant to look up if that was actually inspired by that thing that happened, but didn't do it. Um, yeah, so without jumping into too, too many spoilers, this one was, 
it had some stuff going for it, but overall it really failed to deliver a really cohesive and interesting story. Um, I was disappointed because I think it had potential to be really interesting and had could have had some really cool scares and had a kind of interesting twist if they did it better. It ended up not being an interesting twist because they didn't do it well. Um, so this is another one. It felt pretty low budget and I would say would not recommend checking out. This is probably my lowest rated. Oh, this would be my lowest rated of 2019 if not for Hagazusa. Well, is it? They're, they're close. This one's <laughs> this one I was going to give a round of four. Um, so like it's just, I would say, a little bit below av. Is it even a four? I'll give this a three and a half. Um, wouldn't recommend checking out. And honestly, it wasn't great. So uh, yeah, not, not perfect, Eric. So the, as I'm giving you this recommendation, don't watch it. Um, other better things. So uh, as I say other better things, I'm going to pull up my list really quick for remaining 2019 movies that I'm excited about. So if you want to just want to... Do a, we usually do a preview anyways, Eric. This will be kind of an opportunity to do that. Oh, yeah, I reckon a couple of them are going to be previews that we saw today, as well as, I think, some new ones that you maybe didn't even have on your list. Um, I'd never heard anything about this one, but it is 100% up my alley. It is called The Hunt. Uh, basic idea is there is a group of uber-wealthy people who, it uh, looks like every year, kidnap a group of people throw them out in the wilderness, and they are the prey upon which several people aren't. And once these people become aware of that, it's kind of that survival situation. That's like one of my favorite short stories of all time. The um, most dangerous game. The most dangerous game. And I just really like that concept. So even if it's bad, I'm going to see it and probably still enjoy it. Mm. Um, but the rest of them... Um, so we were on such a good preview streak. Every single movie that was previewed i'm like okay i want to see this yeah and then they ended it with this bullshit uh spanish language rom-com that's like hitch if hitch had like a female counterpart yeah it was like a competitive girl trying to prove that she can make any guy fall for her and a guy who's dating like about to date her trying to do the same thing it, it looked very terrible she's like pitching a tv show about how to make guys like fall in love with you i thought like somebody accidentally threw a movie from like 2002 <laughs> onto here like it looked like it was just so out of place yeah it, who makes movies like that anymore yeah most of the previews yeah beforehand because i think in a row we had it chapter two we had um the hunt which you just mentioned and we also had one i had not really seen a trailer for i I'd heard about it because you mentioned it ready or not which is a almost a similar maybe a world's most dangerous game meets uh hide and seek means meets like a satanic family so yeah this ready or not it looks like a silly version of your next and i am all about that because your next is definitely up there for our, uh one of my favorite movies yeah I'm, I'm not sure what the vibe will be because at the beginning of the trailer i would say it seemed very serious but then about halfway through you're like oh maybe it's actually gonna be like almost like a horror comedy like maybe not even a horror with comedic elements it might just be a full-on horror comedy so i'd be interested to see what the what it, i mean what the ratio looks sure. like I, I bet it'll be horror a horror with comedic elements more as like opposed a, to a horror comedy more like a your next then that has those kind of comedic elements but is really more of a true horror movie mm-hmm. okay another couple movies that i'd like to see in theaters so we have it chapter two which we're super excited about we've talked about a lot scary stories to tell in the dark talked a lot about dr sleep we've talked about that's coming out pretty soon here um see those are and then zombie land double tap i forget when it comes out but that's one that i think will be a really fun theater watch so i'm also excited about that are they bringing back the entire cast those yes. main four okay. and bill murray which is oh awesome. yeah bill murray as a zombie 
Yeah, and then a couple other ones um, that I'm excited to get to that came out in 2019. We have Ma, that is a, was a pretty popular one. Little Monsters horror comedy in the Tall Grass. That's a Stephen King, Owen King uh, story that is being adapted. I forget. I think maybe. I think that might be Mike Flanagan. Can you check that real quick in the Tall Grass? I might be wrong on that, um, and I don't want to don't want to say that it is if it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, I don't know why I was thinking that was my Vincenzo Natale. Yeah, or it's a Joe Hill Stephen King, not a Owen King, sorry. But yeah, so I'm excited about that. And there's a bunch of other ones, honestly. I mean, I have a list here that's like 20 movies long. I'm not going to get into all of them. Anything else you want to preview, Eric, say that you're excited about? No, I think that just about covers it. Uh, obviously, we're only a little over halfway through the year. Some small things will probably pop up. Some uh, things that hit uh, festivals that will pop up on VOD soon. And... I'm, I don't know, I'm a little deflated because of the bad movie we watched and then the bad recommendation you got. But thankfully, Crawl, there's our saving grace. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then before we go, Eric, so we have a couple um, podcast episodes in mind for the future. Do you want to just throw them out there and see if we get any feedback of what people would like first? I think that could be fun. There's a couple ideas we talked about. Um, the first one, if you're interested, I would love to do a hillbilly horror episode. Um, we talk about stuff like... Mostly probably focusing on like Wrong Turn, Hills Have Eyes. We might do Tucker and Dale because that's kind of a big parody of the entire genre. Uh, and then be open to probably discussing other ones Certainly, too. Maybe te- a Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. So that's an idea for an episode. You were talking about one today. You want to... Oh yeah, one that I've been wanting to do for a while. I've got several things in mind that could work for it. But taking a look at specific nods and homage to horror outside of the horror sphere... Um, so like some simple examples, The Boy Meets World has a scary episode where they've got a killer, they have to hunt him down. Uh, there's an episode of Psych that parodies the Friday the 13th, uh, like the Treehouse of Horror from The Simpsons. There's just a lot of media out there that certainly uh, respects and tries to tilt their cap towards horror. And I think it'd be t- fun to take a look at, see what they did good, see what they did bad, and I think we have fun with that. We can almost do a, like a sub-podcast about that entire thing. Like, we can probably have multiple episodes, which I think would be really fun. Um, and then we have some more ideas. And now I, now that I'm, like, bringing it up, I didn't plan to bring this up. And so I'm kind of, like, blanking on what... We, we did have the, <laughs> the booze and bees having fun with uh, bee horror movies by doing some drinking with uh, them. Ah, that was an idea, yeah, that, which would be fun. Uh, we did talk about that for sure. And then we obviously, you know, we do these ratings, reviews, and recommendations. So if you have any movies that you would like us to see, feel free to hit us up. You know, our Twitter and Gmail plug are coming. Um, we've got a lot of more theater movies we're going to get to this year and a lot more... Uh, movies that'll be fun to review and talk about and one big thing that alex doesn't know that we have planned upcoming but it has to kind of be done is we are going to be doing a two-part episode uh first part covering the novel and the tv miniseries and that will be for stephen king's it coming out in september and then we will do a follow-up podcast once we see it chapter two covering both the first movie and the second movie uh, you actually did talk about this, so I did know it was coming. We talked a little bit about it, um, which I'm super into because I, we, I, if I haven't said it before, um, it is one of my favorite Stephen King novels, and obviously I'm a huge Stephen King fan, so I'm uh, very excited about It Chapter 2. Uh, I've read the book two or three times, I think three times, uh, seen the miniseries with Tim Curry a couple times, seen the original, or the It Chapter 1 twice now, so... I'm definitely looking forward to it. Chapter two. Yeah, there's a there's. A, I don't know if this is the case for everybody, but whenever I listen to like an audiobook, I 
like to do it sometimes when I'm walking like outside uh, and I still can like remember um, the parts of it I listened to on an audiobook based on like where I was oh, in yeah. like my neighborhood and like I get like that weird association with it like I was in West Glen Farms when I listened to uh, the very first part where we're introduced to Pennywise where the guy gets tackled for being homosexual mm-hmm. and gets thrown off the bridge yeah. like I can so viscerally point to that like I was on this street oh, at yeah. this exact time of day I, it's so so weird because it draws you in oh, yeah, so absolutely. much and it's like almost, it, it takes you out of the world you're in but also, you can pinpoint exactly where you are. It's such a weird phenomenon for me. Yeah, uh, that's that, I could. I almost want to get into a sub conversation about how memory and association works because I, I have so many experiences with that. But uh, that's that's a fun kind of thought to wrap up on uh, as we're talking about it, and we're getting excited for it. And uh, barely over a month, probably about what, five, six weeks, about for uh, it chapter two. So that's going to be super fun. Uh, yeah. So until then, I guess this has been jumping scared. Thanks for tuning in to the Jumping Scared Podcast. Have any questions, comments, just want to share your horror movie opinions with us? Feel free to reach us at Jumping Scared Podcast on Twitter or by email, jumpingscared at gmail.com. See you next episode.